This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtTactic.com. Make sure to check us out there where you can view all of our reports. Our latest one is on the Hong Kong modern contemporary art auction scene. We analyze the auction results from 2016 to 2019. Could this be a record year for Hong Kong modern and contemporary art sales? We give our thoughts in our report, which you can check out online at ArtTactic.com. Thanks so much for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. This week's episode, we chat with Philip Gelman. He's the founder and CEO of Artea. It's a new technology platform that really is multifunctional, serving as collection management for art collectors and potentially even advisors. They're also focused on provenance tracking through blockchain technology. And ideally, they'd like to become a marketplace where buyers and sellers can transact directly with one another. So we chat with Philip about his vision for Artea and how far along things are at this moment. Philip, thanks for speaking with us. Yeah, but thanks for inviting me first. So tell us a little bit more about Artea. Um, I know I introduced it. There's seems like there's a lot of things it can do for, um, for individuals within the art world. Uh, give us the vision for Artea and really what its role can be in the art market. So um, Artea is not a, a short-term subject because we already developed the platform for more than three years and we launched it commercially last October after three years of development. Uh, we have a 20 uh, people team working uh, on development issues, uh, mainly in Poland, in Krakow, uh, where you have uh, very nice resources. And the, the first idea, the entry point of our project is really to have the uh, the most advanced cataloging platforms. Uh, mainly, we could say at the beginning for private collectors, but what we see since the launch is that our platform and technology interest a lot of people of the art market, like professional uh, art advisors, uh, family offices, uh, insurers, uh, galleries, uh, because we have a very specific technology uh, and also very specific security and confidentiality issues. We really developed a platform for collectors made by collectors. All the board and the founders are the main users of the platform. Uh, and really, we, we tried to develop something that didn't exist on the market. There's some collection management platforms already, you know, have been out for a while. What do you feel like is differentiating Artea from some of these others? First, uh, since the beginning, as we onboarded a very uh, important uh, collection uh, families that were really... Uh, uh, very uh, sensitive to all security issues. Uh, all our architecture is very different than our platform. Uh, as an example, uh, in our uh, uh, platform, every collector has its own database, uh, which is completely secured. We have, don't have a, a, a big database where we put all the data of our collector. And this ensures that even the company doesn't have access to the collector's data, which was a, a, a strong key point for all our uh, big families. So we could say that uh, since the creation of the architecture, it's very different. And then the idea is that the collector only open uh, the data he, he wants to share. We have uh, families that wants really no one to knows about uh, where is the storage, the prices of acquisitions. So they, they share nothing. And others, more sometimes young collectors that decide to open part or all of the collectors. So um, and this is a very specific issue about Artea. So, you know, you mentioned some people like to share it, share more information about their collection with others. What's, is that on the Artea platform as well? How, what is that like? Yeah, um, we are not reinventing uh, how you uh, 
uh, manager collection. We have all, of course, all the uh, usual data regarding all the RPCs, all the invoices, condition reports, uh, any kind of bills, or provenance, historical data, of course, storage, prices. All these can be found uh, as a single entry point for every RPCs. But then we provide a powerful tool to share uh, all your data through, uh, of course, social networks. But you have a very uh, powerful uh, editor of reports. You can edit any kind of report for your insurer for uh, shipping issues or even a, a, a book of your whole collection in one click. And we also provide uh, you to uh, uh, edit a um, uh, website very easily. Uh, even open or uh, with a, a confidential access, uh, you create a website with your art pieces very easily in one click. Um, so a lot of uh, tools that enables you to share more easily your collection. Yeah, and I know there's also a blockchain component of this. Um, tell us about how blockchain, the technology, you're incorporating that in, into the platform. So uh, on the cataloging system, uh, we do not use yet uh, the blockchain issue. Uh, blockchain uh, in our uh, project is coming mainly with the, the provenance uh, issue on the art market, which is, of course, one of the main issues uh, to give more transparency uh, to the art market. And for this, uh, we are working on, on mainly two subjects. First, uh, we offer the platform to living artists uh, so the artists can uh, make their catalog resonate on a continuous flow basis and then they can archive all their production artworks and of course uh, by anchoring in the blockchain the data of the, the art pieces they produced I think there is no one better than the artist himself to uh, uh, prove uh, the provenance of uh, the art piece and for a major artist or big artist that uh, are deceased uh, we work with a state or uh, uh, specific companies uh, that are specialized in editing catalog resume, which uh, needs really uh, um, a strong pledge. And we made a joint venture with Cayeda, which is uh, an institution of the art market, uh, French one, and mainly editing catalog resume of Picasso, the Zervos, and also uh, a very uh, important artist. Uh, so uh, we want to bring the official data uh, of major artists in the blockchain through this uh, open ledger of provenance. And by this two way, we think uh, it will take, of course, a little time, but it will give much more transparency and uh, confidence in the data of the art market. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm curious, where are you on that with you know, living artists? I think that's an interesting approach to just go directly to the artists. Have you uh, started doing that yet? If so, I'm curious what you know, what's the conversations like? Do they understand the importance of it? Do they feel like, you know, this isn't necessary? How do they react when you kind of, when you discuss this with them? Yeah, we are onboarding right now every week new artists uh, that uh, bring on Arteas platform all the data uh, they uh, they have on their art production. Uh, and uh, we are working on delivering, uh, uh, I said, uh, a very interesting catalog in the coming uh, weeks and months about important artists uh, anchoring in the blockchain all the data and uh, with a very also specific uh, uh, approach on how to console the data and how to uh, to use it uh, for any kind of professional or collector that want to verify if an art piece is in the catalog And of course, uh, the blockchain is maybe one of the most accurate uh, 
security issue for this because uh, it gives really uh, uh, the proof that you can't alter the, the data of the, uh, the provenance. And I guess what happens if I, uh, you know, I buy something? If I'm a collector, I buy an artwork. How does that uh, provenance get updated? And just how does that work from a technical perspective? So uh, right now, our uh, marketplace is not yet open. Uh, the marketplace, uh, which is the, the next step of our project, where we will uh, enable uh, collectors to have a peer-to-peer -peer transaction decentralized in order to exchange or sell art pieces, will open at the end of our ICO. And of course, we'll work with smart contracts and uh, using, uh, uh, of course, uh, the tokens we are issuing. Uh, but... Uh, let's say that when the marketplace will be open, uh, the provenance tracker will be integrating uh, all the uh, the sale itself and will uh, be uh, updated by the transaction uh, automatically. Yeah, so that's interesting. That you, so you have the uh, collection management first, and then people have uploaded their artworks through that, and then you know if someone. I guess, tell us about that marketplace that you're going to develop. So if someone wants to maybe sell something from their collection, they could do it already on your platform. If they're interested in something, they could express an interest and maybe see other things available on the platform. How, how's that going to work? Yeah, because since the beginning of our project, and this is, I think, what is very original, is that the entry point for our marketplace really is the cataloging. Because once everything is cataloged, once you have put all the data regarding the art pieces of your collection with a single entry point, it's very easy then to share, to transfer, uh, to put the information on the blockchain, and also it gives more transparency uh, and the ability to, uh, of course, trace everything. Uh, but, you know, uh, as a collector for more than 20 years, uh, the, the, the main problem today regarding the art market is the, the lack of uh, efficiency and liquidity on the secondary market. Of course, if you have a Picasso, a Warhol, uh, or Basquiat, uh, every big auction uh, houses will give you a guarantee and you will uh, probably sell it very easily and take no risk. Uh, but uh, it's not the case on most of the artists. Uh, recently, I saw a, a latest figure that uh, the first 100 artists in the world concentrate like 75% uh, of the auctions uh, in the world, which is crazy. It means we have tens of thousands of artists that have no liquidity, even if they are good artists even if they have auction records. So we really want to bring more efficiency and liquidity to the art market with our, our marketplace enabling this peer-to-peer uh, -peer transaction and with, of course, much lower fees because uh, when you buy an art piece through a big auction house, you pay like around 30% of commission, which is quite a crazy figure in the digital world we live in. Uh, if you sell maybe 5 to 10%, so we can say that 40% of the art piece price goes into intermediary commissions. And the seller also takes all the risk. Uh, if you don't sell your art piece, and there is a rate of around 35 to 38% of unsold art pieces in the auctions, then you put it back to the storage or you have to discount it. Uh, so it's crazy. Uh, if you give more liquidity, uh, I think you bring a, a lot of uh, efficiency in the art market. And this is very important for all the actors the market yeah and so how many people do you have on the platform now or what kind of metrics can you give us about uh, how things are going yeah we just launched the platform uh, like uh, seven eight months ago we already have uh, uh, tens of collectors and we are onboarding new ones uh, every week uh, we have around 
40,000 art pieces already, which is, uh, I think, an interesting figure, and it, it grows very quickly. Uh, last week, we onboarded an artist with more than <clears throat> 11,000 art pieces, so it grows very fast, and this is the, the magic of our model. Uh, I think within the coming months, we will have uh, like 300 or 400,000 art pieces already uh, uh, cataloged on our platform. So, of course, when we will open uh, our marketplace, we all already have a lot of potential art pieces, uh, either to be exchanged or sold, but also for lending to museum. Uh, we have also one of our use cases in our ICO, which works uh, to help uh, institutions to organize exhibitions because it's more and more hard uh, to find the art pieces when you want to organize an exhibition. And we want also to be this kind of marketplace. And so you have an ICO um, upcoming to raise funds uh, for Artea. I guess before we get into that a little bit, tell us, for listeners who aren't too familiar with ICOs, what exactly is uh, an ICO? How does it work? Why do you- Maybe, yeah, for, for the people who listen, um, ICOs works like, uh, if I can give you uh, an image, uh, I, I want to build a, a theme park, uh, initial coin offering. Let's say uh, you, you want to, to build a, a theme park, uh, where, which will work with, uh, with tickets uh, to go on all the attractions. And uh, I will sell you to, today uh, the tickets at, let's say, $1 that will give you access to all the attractions. And uh, with the money uh, raised, I will build the theme park and uh, your ticket might be worth $5 or $10 in in five years when uh, all the park is built. Uh, So you can also uh, buy a a discount ticket today that will give you a a future access uh, to the park when it's built. So this is the principle of the ICO. Uh, You buy today tokens that will be usable on our platform. Uh, we have a qualification of utility token. So uh, all the use cases are described in our white paper in which uh, our token will be able to be used, for example, to uh, pay the commission when you want to uh, buy an art piece or uh, access the platform or also consult the provenance or showcase your art pieces. So uh, our white paper describes five different use cases where our utility token will be uh, usable. But also what is very original with our ICO process is that our platform is already built and working. And at the time of what we call the TGE, when the token buyers will receive that token, they will be already usable on all the use cases, which is really something uh, very new because usually people have to wait sometimes two, three years or more in order to be able to use that token. Uh, And we will be ready uh, by... uh, the beginning of summer. And so the ICO, is that is that scheduled to launch over a certain time period? And do you have specific goals in mind for that? Yes, exactly. Uh, right now, we just announced the 1st of April, uh, the official launch of our ICO. Uh, it opens uh, a period called the private pre-sale, where we discuss with big uh, investors, uh, big crypto funds all over the world, or high-qualified investor, of course, with a minimum investment that is uh, uh, quite uh, important. Uh, and after this uh, private pre-sale time, about six, seven weeks, we'll open what we call the crowd sale uh, till maybe uh, beginning of uh, July, end of June, and where everybody can buy uh, the token uh, for $10 uh, or, or more. Uh, and uh, at the end of the crowd sale will come the, the closing and what we call the TGE, 
where people receive their tokens. Great. Well, uh, Philip, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and speaking with us about Artea. And, uh, you know, really, I think it's interesting, the collection management and the provenance tracking and the marketplace that you'll be introducing. Um, if our listeners want to learn more about Artea um, or follow along as the ICO goes underway, what's the website they can visit? So they can visit, of course, artea.com. Uh, and we have also a dedicated uh, website for the ICO, which is blockchain.artea.com, where you can find all the information, the white paper, explanation, the movie trailer about our ICO, and all what you need to take uh, eventually a decision. Perfect. Philip, thanks so much for coming on again. We appreciate it. Thank you very much.